Well, hello, everybody. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is The Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Oh, just like your backdrop. Look, set change. Oh, set change, city change. I'm in the, uh, I was going to say the beautiful city. It's normally beautiful. It's really overcast and rainy here today in Palm Springs, California. I, I hear it. It's 55 degrees here in West Hollywood, and I turned on the space heater, and I'm on a sweater. Oh, I'm wearing, I'm sort of wearing the, you know, this Victorian look. Oh, uh-huh. A high-popped collar, very Bridgerton ready. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to go out on the city tonight. Um, how are you, sir? I am just fine. We have a lot of show that Mississippi anti-trans law passed, LGBTQ seniors, Gucci Gaga, a life-size gay Barbie, David Cicilline and Marjorie Taylor Greene, the naked cowboy, super straight, petty Rachel Maddow, Pride Comics, and we're going to act out a little TikTok Christian witness scene. You didn't tell me what role, but I'm assuming. I um, sure did. If you read that email, it said you're playing the woman. Oh, I assumed. I didn't see that, but I, okay. I, I, I knew that I would play her. There is one whole sentence in that email. Shut and up. All it says is, how is everybody else on this Friday? I hope everybody's good. I got to be honest, because that's what we do here. Hold on, I'm trying to find this. So I literally it says, asterisk, asterisk, made one scene for us to act out. You obviously as the woman. That's the only oh, sentence in that email. Um, but I, I feel like I scam. I just scam. <laughs> Skimmed, it's a sentence. The wait, but I feel like I should be honest with everybody. We talked on Tuesday. We are here at the like one year anniversary of the pandemic last night, today in New York, next week in California. And I told y'all I was a little edgy. I have overreacted to every single person I've talked to this week. Now, in fairness, it's only two people. It's just Dell and Blake. But nonetheless, <laughs> I, I have um, but and I read an article that said that is really real, you know, the long hauler COVID fatigue, but that this knowing the anniversary, like what that means and to all of us. Just so if you're feeling extra sensitive, if you are feeling shorter fused, you are not alone. I had to apologize to both of them this week more than once. Well, um, we're all feeling weird. There, it's a, there's a weirdness going on. I mean, for me, it was just uh I, I started reflecting uh, that here we are, uh, you, you know, uh, again, what you just said, the one year anniversary. But, you, you know, a year ago we were in rehearsal in Dallas. We had yep. just closed the show here, but there was just such uncertainty and unrest in the air. We didn't know what this was. Yeah. And now we know what it is and was and how much worse it has been than we ever expected. And. Yeah. And we're just, we just have to, we just got to hang in there a little bit longer. But, but and so and just a, a, yeah, and a reminder that even if you don't typically struggle with mental health issues, or if you have discovered them in the past year as a result of these circumstances, none of us as humans were meant to exist under, uh, check in with yourself, be aware of that, and also give yourself grace, give the people around you grace when they're irritating you or making you angry. It's, it's a lot, and it's not surprising that this period could be, you know, extremely hard for that reason. I think we did really well with our, you know, we, Emerson and I create together and it is crazy how long we've been working together and how few conflicts we've had. 
yeah. uh, over the years. And and there was nothing major. Please, please, please. It's but not, it, was, it was not nothing at all. Uh, and you know, I, and also, y'all should know when we have a moment, it happens, then we're fine. And then a couple hours later, we do entirely too many text messages, making sure we're both okay. Yes, but um, it was it was nothing. It really wasn't. I mean, it was just one of those uh, whatever. You know, we've all had them. But here's what here's my advice: is instead, of, take a breath. Because I, I actually was kind of proud of myself. I just took a breath. I said, "This isn't productive." We'll regroup, and then we restarted, and everything was so much better. Yeah. Um, and it certainly wasn't over the content of this show. It was over uh, the, 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 the other work that we're doing. Um, um, uh, but it's okay, everybody. Welcome on in. Um, and yay for Palm Springs. Atmosphere change. That helps so much, you know? Yeah. After this week, we were like, we need to go on a drive tomorrow or something. You know, it helps. It's, you know, Palm Springs is very active too, which scares me just a little bit because you go out on the streets here and there, everybody is out. Uh, of course, people are still masked, but lots of outdoor dining. So people are getting back into the social. And the one thing that uh, I was here a year ago, I don't know if you remember this, but I almost a year ago, because it's going to be Easter. And I came down, I thought, oh, Easter weekend, I'll just come down to Palm Springs. I was so fucking depressed here because... Palm Springs for me is always about going out. It's always about, there's something to do, someone to see. And it was miserable, just stuck in really great weather then. So maybe it's better that it's bad weather that I don't feel so bad about it. There, I go back and forth. It rained here the other night. Half the mountain slid down Laurel Canyon again. Um, you know, it's like, if you're in the right mood, whatever works. And if you're not, then it's terrible. I've been putting on my, my atmosphere on the TV. This from Leanna is amazing. She says, I was scheduling my COVID vaccine yesterday and the lady on the other end didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. So I was mean to her. Then I sent her flowers today. Oh. That's like me. Like I snap and then I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean this is what I was trying to communicate. And that's, that's all we can do. When we do too much, we apologize and all move forward together. Yes, we do. And, and, and that is something. I mean, it's stressful when you don't hear what you want to hear about getting this vaccine. And uh, yeah. the good news is it, I, I think we're all listening closely to the news. It seems like by May the 1st, everybody is going to be able to sign up for it. So y'all get it, get it, get it. Even if there's a, a, a wait, keep working at getting it. The uh, speaking of the May first, because that's when I'll be able to get mine. That did you watch Biden's speech last night? I watched I the whole thing. It was so delightful to watch someone speak with sincerity, with easy concern for everyone. Simple things like saying you in the United States, territories and tribes, talking about the violence against Asian people, just really wrapping all of Americans in and saying, you know, the goal is. July 4th, you can get not big groups, not big groups. And then the way that he was beating on, please get the vaccine. Cause like it is, it doesn't, it's not gonna matter for the people who can't get the vaccine if enough of us don't get it for the herd immunity, so. And I love that all but one of the living presidents uh, are, are, are doing PSAs for getting the and vaccine. LeBron James. Uh, first ladies. Yes, except for one first lady and one former uh president so shocking just shocking. And, and they did the hypocrites that they are they did get the vaccine 
they oh, did they got the vaccine before they left the White House and then yes. secretly did not want people to know about it. Of um, course. You know what I back to Biden so to keep it yeah. positive. I, I feel like that he should just be called the compassionate president because he he touches my heart so many times and it, it feels sincere where whether he has gotten to be a good actor or not, it does feel sincere. And uh, I and after what we went through for four years where it was just me, 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 it's nice that it's you, 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 you. Yeah. In fact, he was so conciliatory that I almost wished at one point that he hadn't. When you look at the last couple of weeks, you know, here the Democrats in Congress did all this work. The senators made all these compromises to the COVID relief bill for to get Republicans on board. And then no Republicans came on board. And then they were online taking credit for the actions that are going to happen. It's almost like I'm about ready for him to say, I am trying to be bipartisan. They are not meeting us anywhere. And if and also on the flip side is, and if they're not going to meet us there, stop doing things to make it better for everybody. Give everybody the $2,000 that was definitely said in the campaigns. You know, add on the minimum wage. Like, do the things. If no, if they're not going to compromise with you, don't compromise towards them and get nothing. Well, it, it's like, you know, it, it feels like it's just to say, I'm not doing what you're doing. I'm not going to do whatever you say. Uh-uh, you're going to do something right? Uh-uh, you're a yeah. Democrat. Fuck you. And also, you don't go to the negotiating table and offer a bunch of things and the other people walk away from the table and you go ahead and give them the stuff anyway. Like, we, there is absolutely embracing all Americans and moving forward as a country together, but compromising and getting nothing is not effective way to legislate and govern either because we're just giving stuff up for nothing. As Kim just said perfectly, compromise is not bending over and letting them have their way. But, but listen, let's be honest, we don't need to use bending over as a bad thing. We got it's it's not always a bad thing. Well, no, but if you're giving it up, you ought to get something for it. it you know, is. like the nut at the end. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not gonna get the nut, don't bend over. That's all. Well, if you're consensually bending over, it's okay though. I, that's my point. But again, if they're not going to finish with you, no. you just got all hot and bothered for nothing. Okay, See, it's not a perfect We get in these big fights like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, it's again, I am inclined to be a compromise-oriented person, for better or for worse. I am a bring everyone to the table, talk it out. But there is a point at which, you know, casting your pearls before swine, as we were taught in vacation Bible school, is not advisable. That's and that's an insult to the swine. I, absolutely. <laughs> you know, Dave the pig, Charlotte did not write that name in the web for us to throw out. Pigs are sweet. They're just also, sweet. I, I, now I just pictured a pig wearing a pearl necklace. You know, just a cute little pearl set. Anyway, well, what we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense and kicking off uh, with a follow-up on this issue we've been watching. The first anti-trans bill of 2021 was officially signed in Mississippi this week, restricting trans student participation in school sports. Um, specifically, not open to students of the male sex, as they put it in the bill language, established by internal and external reproductive anatomy, testosterone levels, and genetic makeup. Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves blamed Biden 
saying, but for the fact that President Biden, as one of his first initiatives, sat down and signed an executive order, which in my opinion, encourages transgenderism amongst our young people. But for that fact, we wouldn't be here today. But there was one of the Mississippi state senators who said it was an imminent problem that coaches told her this is an urgent matter. No examples in the entire state of Mississippi. They're worried about this as legislation. Meanwhile, the city of Jackson, Mississippi, that's over 80% black Americans, hasn't had clean water since the middle of February. Like a giant city in Mississippi, doesn't have clean water. There are people are having to boil water. Some have none at all. And you're worried about this hypothetical non-existent boogeyman. Yes. And that, that, that's Biden's fault. Because, you know, it's just like anytime you bring it up, people are just going, yeah, I was on the fence about it, but I think I'm going to do it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's such bullshit the way that uh, he blamed Biden. Blame yeah. Biden, which because his bill that he signed encourages transgenderism. And I don't know, every time I hear the word transgenderism, it sounds like they say it like that. Transgenderism. Yes. It's like dumb people trying to sound smart. So, um, all right. Uh, the, New Jersey, on the other hand, has just introduced a new law that protects LGBTQ people and people living with HIV that live in long-term healthcare facilities in the state called the LGBTQI plus senior bill of rights. Uh, now here's what it does. It outlaws doing any of the, these things on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity, denying admission to transferring, discharging, or evicting someone, assigning someone's room, not honoring a resident's request for a room change, repeatedly failing to use a resident's chosen name or pronouns, preventing them from using a restroom, denying someone their chosen attire, uh, providing unequal medication or non-medical care, declining to protect, uh, to provide care and restriction of visitation. Uh, Assemblywoman Valerie uh, Vane Early uh, or eerie, uh, eerie uh, huddle stated many older adults in the LGBTQI plus community have experienced decades of stigma and discrimination. They should not feel marginalized in the long care uh, term care center where they deserve to feel at home. So what a wonderful and detailed. The detail of this was just uh, astounding to me. Yeah. And so important, we have a law similar to that in California. They tried to do one in New York as well. Because you think about the vulnerability of LGBTQ seniors specifically, people who may have come out, been estranged from family, people who may not have other family members uh, to assist in their caretaking that end up in state facilities. So specifically saying uh, that discrimination against them in any capacity in so many specific ways is really exciting. A part of our community we want to really watch for uh, and ensure are treated with the respect they deserve in their latest years. Yes, absolutely. There's a lovely facility right down the street from me for LGBTQ seniors, right by two cans. I know, I'm trying to get on the list. You know, it's feel like it's like rich people, rich people kindergartens. You got to get I'm, on the list early. You know, in Palm Springs, I think I could use my name because I, I, I went there and we showed a very sordid wedding. It was just lovely, lovely, lovely reception. I loved it. I love that. Um, and just silly fun news, a fun photo moment. Lady Gaga is starring with Adam Driver in Ridley Scott's House of Gucci film. She plays Gucci's first wife, 
And they put out this photo this photo this week that's just amazing, like full uh, 90s realness. They were married in 73, but in the late 90s, she was charged with hiring a hitman to kill it. So this I just it's amazing, like the full Italian Stephanie of it all. I cannot wait. Like Gaga as a designer's wife who hires a hitman. I am on board. I am ready. Stars Al Pacino. You what? I said it stars Al Pacino as well. Oh, good for him. I love Al Pacino doing Al Pacino character work late. <laughs> it's like 80 years old, still working. I mean, yes. Amazing. Get, get uh, on to it. Uh, well, here's a fun photo moment. I just love this so much. Philly-based dancer and performance artist uh, Gunner Montana specializes in visual art installation, prop-based choreography, set design, costume design, just a jack-of-all-trades, transformation of atmosphere and innovative movement concepts and ideas. So he posted a new project with collaborator Colin Burke where he turned himself into a life-size gay Barbie doll. Look at that, how hot that is. They built this seven-foot box, and inside are a dildo, a fan, a thong slinglet, uh, a cell phone with grinder installed, some glasses, a, a douche bulb, uh, uh, some, some weights, you just need that, some weights and uh, some bling, and uh, the piece de resistance, a plane ticket to Puerto Vallarta. He worked with photographer Joe uh, Federidge on a shoot saying, we are both very creatively queer and uh, have a lot of fun fucking with gender norms and giving everyday society the middle finger. This shoot is a really good example of that. It was just for fun purely passion driven. I love his heels. I just love everything about this. Everything. I know. It's so impressive. Cause like this full life-size set that they built, it really does look like he is on the shelf in the box. And obviously like the winking of all of the, the props as well. And then, you know, I love anybody playing with gender expression and gender norms and however you feel fun and sexy. I was applauding. It was hot. It's certainly a Barbie I'd want to play with. You, you know, have that one little thing, don't you? You have a few. I don't, yeah, I don't do well with that. Yeah, I have to be careful with harnesses because I have very delicate shoulders. And by delicate, I mean tiny. So, you know, it starts to look like <laughs> sad. Don't talk to me about delicate shoulders. I having to have mine replaced. That's how delicate mine is. Oh, yeah, yours are fragile. Mine are delicate. Um, Mine are dainty, dainty. Um, I just thought that was fun. I saw it on Queer D and I was like, that is hot. Oh, so hot, those tattoos too. And that, it, in the heels, I, I just love the dichotomy of it all and huh? the mix, it, it, was, it was fantastic. The, and then up next, so we have talked plenty and we will continue to, cause she's in the Congress. Marjorie Taylor Greene, everyone's least favorite QAnon representative continues to get up and regularly call for motions to adjourn the session to hold up legislation. She did it with the Equality Act we talked about. She's done it four more times, including during the COVID relief bill. Now, it doesn't adjourn the House because Dems control the House, so she's not going to get it to happen, but it does force all business to come to a halt for a roll call vote. So it's just wasting time. But now Republicans are starting to turn on her because it's wasting so much time 
And then she publicly called out 40 Republicans by name who voted against her attempts to delay and said they were enabling policies that will destroy America. Fred Upton, a Republican from Michigan, told CNN, it's a pain in the ass. Now, our good friend, out Representative David Cicilline, said he wants to introduce a rule change for the House that only representatives who are on committees can introduce motions to adjourn. This is relevant because if you'll remember, they took a big vote and stripped Marjorie Taylor Greene of all her committee assignments. So she's not on a committee. If they passed this rule, she wouldn't be able to call to adjourn business for the day. And Newsweek did an interview with her and her response, they asked her about it. And she said, do you mean Representative Mussolini? Not only did Democrats unilaterally strip away my committees, now they wanna remove any powers I have to represent my district. The Democrats run the house of hypocrites with tyrannical control. She's literally just an internet, internet troll making dumb wordplay like I do when I'm in the bathroom. But she called David Cicilline, an Italian Jewish man, uh, Mussolini. He tweeted in response, I'm an Italian and a Jew. Mussolini was a fascist dictator in league with Adolf Hitler who murdered 6 million Jews. Marjorie Taylor Greene can get lost. Now, honestly, I she's so, you know, like two thoughts rattling around in her brain, neither one of them making it to her mouth to make anything intelligent. I don't know that she even knew both things, but if she, if she didn't and said it, it's like absurdly offensive. If she knew and she said it, that really is like bargain basement parlor level trolling of someone, of who someone is. Like it's just gross and disgusting. And of course he didn't say what he could have said in response, but it just represents who she is and the people that she represents. It's exhausting. Yeah, I think lost, you can go fuck yourself, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And it, it's, it's kind of like that, that kid in school that was the, the class clown. And they, say, they just kept, you're just doing that for attention. Yes, that was me, of course. But uh. well, and also, you know, I, I, I'm, I believe somebody's already announced to challenge her in Georgia. They do have a bit of an uphill battle. But in 2022, I desperately hope that she is sent home as a one-term representative mistake. And I just, and then I want to be able to use the Dixie Carter nights. The lights went out in Georgia. The end of that monologue where she says, "And that, Marjorie." Just so you will know, and your children will someday know, is the night the lights went out in Congress. I just want to be able to put like Marjorie Taylor Greene's face over Marjorie Lee Grinick in the clip. Say bye, girl. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, bye, bye. you know, I think that one of the strongest things that they could do with the, these Republicans getting fed up with her is give give a good can, a good Republican to run against her. I mean, she is the incumbent, but I mean, she's just a joke. Yeah. Surely, surely there are those people that are on the Republicans. I mean, it's like, you know, back in the day when Victoria Jackson was a tea party or just saying the most idiotic things. And even the Republicans go, well, you know, it's like, I'm, I mean, we're going to do a story later on about somebody that used to be gay. Now it's not. And we're like, well, let them have him. Yeah. You know? Um, all right. Well, I guess it's time for us to do our little. Uh, me, our, me, me, me. I need, to, I need to put this chihuahua down. She has been whining at my feet. Hey, can you run along so I can do my sing, sister? Like I have seen work to do. I have I seen work. Preparing. Preparing. Long now. 
All right. Now, here's the deal. Full disclosure, this woman is not Southern, but God damn it, it works better if she is. So I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm not going to do a, an impersonation of her. I'm going to channel how I feel is in my soul playing this uh -huh. one. Okay. Uh -huh. I'm just going to bring in my Christian, bring in my Christian woman. Um, there's a viral TikTok scene uh, filmed at a fast food restaurant where a woman approached two teenagers, Caden and Jordan. The text on the video said the woman had been staring at them for a while before she approached. Now imagine I'm approaching. Um, you guys go to church anywhere? No. You don't? Do you guys know how to get to heaven? I don't know you at all. I know, I know. Um, I just see you guys and uh, you guys aren't like uh, girlfriends, uh, are you? No, we're cousins. Oh, uh, okay. But if it was, it's genuinely none of your business. You're right. You're right. Um, I just want to let you guys know because uh, they don't teach you young kids about God anymore. And it's just not the right way to live. Well, if you force it on somebody, that's not right either. Yeah, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not forcing it because the truth, uh, God, get out there. I don't know. You kind of came over here out of nowhere and we have no clue who you are. Yeah, I know. Um uh, you, you, uh, God told me to come over here and talk to you guys. Oh, okay. All right. God bless. Jesus saves. Oh, the interpretation. I mean, you made it your own. I did. She's not nearly that good. No, that woman was a mile a minute, and I don't know where that. I don't know where they were. Yeah. Um. And 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 she she got the genders wrong, right? Yeah. Yes, Caden is a boy. It wasn't even <laughs> her sitting there and her homophobia drove her over there to say, I hope y'all aren't girlfriends. Jesus told me to come talk to you. Ma'am, it's a boy and a girl. Take your homophobia elsewhere. I didn't hear shit. It would have made a lot more sense at a Chick-fil-A. You know, it's just like, they used to, that, that used to happen a lot, I think, that God spoke. But how is that? How is that? How does that exactly happen when God speaks? I don't know. As a child, it was very confusing for me because I remember being seven years old, laying in the back room of my grandparents' house, looking up at the ceiling, thinking, "Are you gonna talk to me?" And like literally expecting a voice. Hello, God. Are you there? I don't think they explained the metaphor and hyperbole of all of that well enough for the children. And then he's, you know, tugging at your heart, and it's just like. Bringing organs into the picture. I don't know. <laughs> that one didn't bother me as much. I understood that that one wasn't as literal, but I sure, some people sure did talk about hearing voices like it was an audible voicemail. Well, I had to tell you, once I saw that heart, when they showed it in like the first or second grade and I saw the real heart, then I started having that imagination where Jesus was knocking at the door of your heart. I mean, oh, no. you just God. picture Jesus is like knocking at your aorta. He's like, like oh, knocking on a ventricle. He's yeah. just like, you know, may, oh, you know, lots of people have holes in their hearts way more than people realize. Um, some of them grow closed as you get older and some of them don't need surgery. Maybe Jesus made those holes. He's poking at it. Poking, poking, putting a little hole in your heart. Uh, like, That's terrifying. Leave my heart alone. If you if, Now, if anybody is writing in the chat room, Dell, you're going to hell. I just want you to know I know. I, I, I already well, you know, it's like a 15 second delay, so you'll be able to see if anybody said it. But I think we went long enough.
I don't think there's anyone here not familiar with your uh, approach. I do not fear saying things like that. People go, oh, lightning's going to strike you down. Well, it hasn't so far, so I think I'm good. Can you imagine if the, you know, that description we've all been given of Peter standing at the pearly gates with that book? If you just had to sit there while he read through somebody else's list of sins and accomplishments and tried to weigh, how bored would you be? Emerson Collins. Oh. Got like, be like, hold on, I got to get get an appendix. It's an agenda. Y'all oh, have a seat. This is going to go a while. I've got Emerson Collins. As A, a, a while? Who Wait. says that? Is that one of your yeah, characters? A while? You look at the end of a... Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Y'all could just take a nap. Said Jesus is already going to go back down to get everybody else by the time they get to the end of our sins. <laughs> also, I you roll up and say, I save my, save my, I'll save you some time. Where's the escalator the other way? Yeah, wait, wait. This is, this is just, also, at this point, it's just humiliation. It's right. just putting you through a little barrage of humiliation. Just a lot, like, look, we don't, Ooh. we don't, we don't need to do this. Oh, David Sadell, I will meet you there. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> John said, my sin encyclopedia is no longer in print. Um, this off, but a sweet share. Brent said, y'all, there was a string trio playing live music at the vaccination center I was at. I almost started crying. I hadn't heard live music in over a year. So emotional. Music heals. Music is essential. I know. Was there a woman standing there with a bouquet of flowers that Leanne sent her? <laughs> yes. Say, love Leanne. So sorry. So sorry I snapped. She's like, like a Miss America contestant. Yes. Uh, well, we have reached the center point of our show, the centerpiece. If you enjoy what we do here and you're sitting on a pile of money you don't know what to do with and want to share a little bit, you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. It is in the ticker below. Thank you, Erica, for your sweet contribution. We try to entertain you all. We do our best. Erica, you're, you're so sweet. Aren't you? Y'all are just darling. We appreciate all of precious, you. Precious, 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 precious. Say precious, and I think of Gabby Sidibay. <laughs> I don't. I think of Brother Boy falling on a bed. Precious. There he is. There he is right behind me. Y'all, okay, please uh, bring that over here. This creep, this delightful doll, but when it's just hovering in the background of Dell's shot, uh, this tiny Brother Boy doll is a bit terrifying. Look at her. Isn't she sweet? The well, sweet little girl. Hello, Dr. E. Well, um, right now, well, I did it. I did it. Got a wig. Um, this was uh, made by um, a fan, a sweet guy named Rowdy Maxwell. He's a folk art artist, and he made this. Look at this. The detail. It's amazing. And that was actually very sweet. It's not nearly as terrifying as when you used to have that mannequin of Sarah of Juanita in the background. Giving she people. I had that. But look at the look at the little house coat. It's so great. It, it is. is just precious. Yeah, rowdydesigns.com. That's a lovely little commercial for them. Um, all right. In other news, in Tennessee, Republican State Rep. Jason Zachary has introduced a bill 
that would let cisgender students, non-trans students, sue the school if they're not given what he considers reasonable accommodation. He said that a high school reached out to me, they feel like they are handcuffed and there's not much they can do about it. Cisgender students would be able to submit a request for a quote, reasonable accommodation if they say they're not comfortable with sharing facilities with trans people. Then if they encounter a person of the opposite sex in a multi multiple occupancy restroom, that's from this bill, they can sue the school for not providing them with a reasonable accommodation. The bill says sex is determined by anatomy and genetics existing at the time of birth. Zachary said schools would have to provide single occupancy facilities. It also covers changing rooms and sleeping accommodations. So schools would have to construct single occupancy versions of those for their trans students, which that's very similar to what happened with Gavin Grimm's case, where he had to use the bathroom in a closet because they didn't have a single occupancy version. But does everyone follow this? This is now making so gender people, you know, the number of trans people in our country is so minute proportionally, and this is a protection for the vast majority of everyone else for being a little bit uncomfortable. I'm so exhausted by bathrooms. Adam McBeal was in the 90s with unisex bathrooms. Yes. Nobody wants to do anything in the bathroom but pee or poop. And if you're pooping in public, you sure want to do it as quick as possible and get out of there. Except for <laughs> in Minnesota. I think it was Minnesota. It's one of those North Coast states. It's just, but like flipping it around and making sure there's a legal financial recourse for cisgender people is jaw-droppingly insulting to the entire argument. The whole issue is that it's trans people we need to protect in spaces. It's once again, fear-mongering about bigotry. And also remembering that like, when you're in the stall, nobody sees what you're doing anyway. And if you, if, you're, if anybody's watching you through that little tiny hole, which I don't understand why they can't just like put a, another couple of, you know, a two by four. I don't get that. Uh, it just feels like to me like that is a bad design in those bathrooms. Uh, you know, can't you just add some wood? Just a better door. Yeah, just better. Just make it so that there's not the crack for when the door opens. In the level, I don't need to see your shoes. Uh, anyway, uh, it's like, oh, you look. thought a lot about this. You spent a lot of time sitting in there going, "Oh, I'm uncomfortable." In case there's there's those. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. Who hasn't sat in a bathroom where they had to do more than they intended to do and thought, "Would somebody just wash their hands or somewhere before I make the sound I'm about to make?" Please. <laughs> Or like just holding and waiting. Like it's fine Ooh. if the bathroom's really busy, like a stadium, because there's lots of noise. It's only crazy <laughs> awkward when there's only one other person. You know, like they know it's you. Like it's just you and them, and they know. <laughs> you have to stop. I can't do the rest of this show. You're making me laugh so much. It's like you gotta learn to ease it out. <laughs> you know, sometimes you think it's good, and they're like, oh, no, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I'm no, sorry. we have spiraled into the lowest road we have ever gone down. Well, that's not well, true. I, Here's the, the reason I think. I always wonder, like, because I'm a, like, I'm a bit of a self-conscious person in public. I was an awkward teen. I'm very aware of sharing space with other people. You also see people who aren't, you know, like they walk down the street, they don't see you, they yell, they don't care what other people are doing. I feel like those people go in the bathroom, just drop a deuce, 
splash, flush, walk, and walk out without thinking about anybody else. And I think there's some of us that are so aware of other people. It's like those old guys that just like, just kind of, you know, I don't mean old as an age, it's just those good old boys that just walk up to the urinal and, and then they be and just fart at the same time. And I'm like, I know. There are some people, and I think the confidence with which you go through life, I could probably use a little bit more of. Sorry for your wife. Because I would just, there's sometimes, there are people that make sound, vocal sounds to accompany the other sounds. Yes. Like, we can all hear you. It's like my performance dog, Bitsy This performance poop art piece. My dog, Bitsy May, has started doing that. When she poops, she goes, I go, Bitsy. She has. All right, we have gotten. We have derailed this show. Y'all going How many of you have gone to New York and seen the the naked cowboy out of Times Square? I mean, I've tipped him. I've given him money. I remember Caroline, my daughter, and I gave him money. Well, this is a disturbing story. Uh, this is him. Uh, he, that's him. Yeah, that's him. Oh, he's just out there in underwear, cowboy hat, and a guitar. And he's been there since at least the late nineties. Yeah, that's a few years ago. He's not looking like that anymore. So, but if you you've, you've seen him there in decades, he's been playing in his tidy whiteies, cowboy hat, and boots. And now he's fifty-one. He's still a street artist. Uh, and he and his wife went down to Daytona Beach because I don't think they're getting much um, money up there in New York. And police accused him of panhandling after they told him it was illegal and they cuffed him. Well, uh, there is a 10 minute body cam video from one of the officers and he says in protest. So see, he's not looking as good as he used to. Uh, so the blacks can walk around and take tips all day long, but I don't want anything about that. Which makes no sense, really. He said, the officer says, excuse me, excuse me. And he says, I don't care. You heard me. Yeah, you heard me. I don't want money from them. I'm already rich. I don't give a fuck about money. You can break the guitar and give it to all the black people. So he goes on this racist view. Then he tries to get his wife to get his phone. And there's a scuffle with the officer and his guitar snaps. And then he shouts out this homophobic slur. He goes, fucking dyke. He calls the officer that. He then calms down and he apologizes and he goes, now you can call me a dyke. And she replies, love this. She goes, I don't talk to people like that. The panhandling charge was dropped and he pled no contest to resisting arrest. So y'all, if you see the naked uh, cowboy up in New York or Daytona Beach, just fuck you. Um, interesting story. You know, first of all, as we have learned, there's like microaggressions. There's different kinds of like bias. We learn different kinds of racist tropes. We are not aware that we're taught. But anytime you call a group of people the blacks, uh, that's representative of a deep-seated mindset that is conscious, not minor biases, uh, implicit bias that may have been learned. And sad, really, because I remember seeing him when I was in college and being very titillated because this was long before my Speedo Instagram journey. By this man just proudly standing in the middle of the most famous intersection in the whole world in his underwear playing guitar, and just to be a sad old bigot down in yeah. Florida. But it, because of the bigotry and the homophobia, I, I yeah, do, do whatever you want, but at some point have a backup plan, buddy. Because you know, we I always say we, we, 
we, we got, I love strippers. I love go-go boys. I love ball, but have a backup plan, do something because there's going to be, there's going to come a time where it's not going to be quite as lucrative for you. If you continue to pursue this. Well, maybe he banked all that money. Cause he said he's rich. Well, uh, his yeah. big argument was I wasn't met, trying to make money. I was just playing for attention and people gave me money, but maybe that's not as true as he wanted them to believe. Then why is your guitar open? You know, why is that? I don't know. That, they're like, well, bless. All right. And then next, this happened over on TikTok. I want to share, though, on TikTok, a user named Kyle Royce started what's become a bit of a trend that's specifically and intentionally transphobic when he made a video that's the start of something that's happening over there and it may cross out called super straight. It's his definition. It's to make clear that he is a man only attracted to cisgender women, specifically ruling out trans women. He says, yo, you guys, I made a new sexuality now, actually. It's called super straight, okay? Since straight people or straight men as myself get called transphobic because I wouldn't date a trans woman. Like, no, that's not a real woman to me. No, you're transphobic. So now I'm super straight. I only date the opposite gender, women that are born women. So you can't say I'm transphobic now because that's just my sexuality. Now, he doesn't say who's pressuring him from when or where to date trans women all the time. It's just an aggressively overt uh, need uh, to, to state his transphobia out loud. Nobody's trying to tell you who to date, sir. You know what's, what's more disturbing to me about than this one individual uh, I, I read the, the comments and he has a lot of support. There are lots of these kids who are just right there with him and are just awful saying horrible, horrible transphobic things uh, in the comments section. And well, much and it, more than are, are, are saying you're an asshole. Yeah, well, and also it's the great challenge of what we talked about, you know, bigotry doesn't grow out of generations because the bigots we're fighting are raising children to believe those same things. You know, you learn bias, you learn those uh, attitudes. Um, it's fear mongering. It's, you know, based in weird misogyny and like homophobia and transphobia, like this, this need to announce uh, specifically uh, that you don't see trans women as women. And it, that's, that's all it is. And yes, to hear it from young people, we will continue uh, to have to fight these attitudes and we all have to talk about it there because trans people are such a small percentage of our community and of our culture We all need to be as loud uh, With them and for them And, um, and if you if you um, if you don't want to date somebody anybody You don't have to bit make a big old deal of on TikTok about it and 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 and, and, and oh and, and this bullshit I'm a super straight or whatever you know, I I Never mind. Well, it's it's also it's back to those, you know, because I remember being young and and before I'd understood and thought a lot about, you know, the just a preference style conversations. Anytime that you need that you need to speak a preference against a group of people for whatever reason, I don't like Asian women. I don't like black men. I don't like trans women. You know, anytime you can put all of a group of people together and based on one trait, say I'm not interested in any of those. There is a bias there that should be examined because the range of diversity within any group of people that you're grouping together already, you know, 
is just as wide as between various groups of people. Well, I this way also. I used to have a friend, and he was so specific with his type. I mean, they had to have an eye, those laughing eyes. They had to be dark. They had to be this. They had to be uncut. They had to be blah blah blah, just on and on and on. And I said, all right, we're already down to you know less than ten percent. Uh, and then now you've just eliminated 99% of those. So, um, also, is that person still single? Yes. I, I wonder why. Um, as I, and as our good friend Danielle said, just because a woman is trans doesn't mean she's not out of your league. You know, it's that too, right? Like, I love that. Yeah, Danielle. Like trans women are clamoring to date this man. Right, right. Just lining up. Just like, just oh, I'm so disappointed. Oh, shoot. He's super straight. He's identifying as super straight. As Judy said, if he is super straight, then I'm super gay. Also, Judy, I like that you spell both of those as supper, because I'm a supper gay. I'm a supper gay. <laughs> I, I think we all have t-shirts that say super gay. Oh, 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 my t-shirt. My t-shirt from Come and Go is being shipped. I got a, a notice yesterday. I think That's I very exciting. Come and gay rise. All right, so you know this is. Uh, I love this story about. I knew you uh, would, uh, Miss Rachel Maddow. Uh, Joe Biden said he was not going to be putting his uh, signature on the stimulus checks the way uh, Trump did. They will go out normally, uh, it, and they will just deposit those checks. Uh, one of the reasons, also, I mean, not that he wanted to, but it won't be held up. It won't be held up for a week, so you can get this bullshit signature on. So uh, they're, they're just going to be signed by the, the Treasury Secretary. So normally, our level-headed uh, Rachel Maddow, uh, it, you, she's, she's always pretty logical, but she went on this crazy great rant, and she said, it's obviously sort of petty uh, for a president to do something like that, what Trump did. Uh, but honestly, as I get older, as I live through more and more years of Republican governance, uh, I'm getting more and more petty all the time about stuff like this. If I was a Democrat president, I would put my name on the check with a big old hologram on it too. So it glowed when you open the envelope. I'd make it like one of those greeting cards that plays a song when you pull it out of the envelope and it would sing my name. I would do anything. I'd put sequins on the thing. It uh, would be all about remembering which party made this happen and which party all voted against it. But like I said, as I develop an increasingly severe case of OLD, I'm getting cattier and pettier with each passing day. And Biden is not doing that. It's why someone like him is president. And nobody asks my advice on these things. Getting petty for once, it's okay. This is a big effing deal, as someone once said. Yeah. I loved it so much. And because she is, you know, she's a thinker, she's an explainer, she does such a great job of breaking down news and legislation and issues and communicating them thoughtfully, coherently, uh, and decisively to the audience. And I just loved Rachel being like, be petty. And I think it's a reminder too of, you know, when she was at home with her wife during the pandemic, separated in the house together, it's very personal to her own journey, uh, the way the last administration dealt with all of this. And, and I really admire her for one other thing, that she did not include glitter. If you ever send me glitter in an envelope. Dead to me. I, 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 it makes me so angry. 
it, opening an envelope and stars and glitter and shit fall out. I'm like, stop it. I don't mind stars and stuff that you can pick up, but yes, you send somebody oh. an envelope full of glitter, you were telling that person you hate them and you want to ruin their house forever. Um, as my good friend Scott Nevins always says, shit glitter, but like, don't do it on my sofa. Uh, I added that last part. Um, also, but it's a reminder too, Rachel was speaking to that, what I said earlier, you know, about Biden. It's great to be a leader. I think you can hold the other side accountable verbally and intentionally for meeting the bipartisanship thing without being all the way petty. But accountability from the bully pulpit is a good thing. Yeah. Do it. Um, all right. I almost didn't put this next story in because we've done such a good job of not talking about him. But it, we may see it pop up in the culture is why I'm doing it. Because he doesn't matter and hasn't in a while. And that's wonderful. Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, you may remember, was one of the like conservative provocateur gays. He traipsed around needling Democrats, yelling about free speech, you know, having appearances at campuses protested and banned, just doing a lot of stuff for attention. Well, uh, then he got in trouble and he was banned from Twitter, lost a book deal, lost financial backers and speaking engagements. And he's been sort of off on parlor moaning by himself, left out of the cultural conversation. Great. But he's found a new grift. And I say that because in a new interview he did with the religious site LifeSite News, he's now claiming he's ex-gay. Now, this religious organization took this interview incredibly literally, as he said that he only leaned heavily on the gay lifestyle in public because it drove liberals crazy to see a handsome, charismatic, intelligent gay man riotously celebrating conservative principles. He said, I'd love to say it was all an act, and I've been straight this whole time, but even I don't have that kind of commitment to performance art. He lives with his husband, who he claims has been demoted to housemate. He continued his standard transphobia, then established what I think is his new attention-seeking plan. He said, I have enjoyed a lifelong affection for the absurd and the outrageous, so part of me gleefully anticipates the day I can seize the moral high ground however briefly, to denounce others for failures of piety and sobriety. As I've begun to resist sinful sexual urges, I found myself drinking less, smoking less, you name it. And he said, I confess my weakness for designer shoes and handbags is yet to dissipate. So it's clear his new grift is going to be convincing a particular kind of extreme conservative, like the Alliance Defending Freedom, the Focus on the Fan, you know, those extreme cultural conservatives, that he's an ex-gay so he can get booked speaking again. So as much as we'd be thrilled to not have him anymore, it's just another way to get in the conversation and they will be so desperate to believe and just hold him up as an example, he might get newsworthy attention again. So if you see that pop up in any of your um, less than intelligent conservatives, be prepared to slap that down because as Tony said, money whore. Attention at any cost. You know what, we don't want him. Take him. Take him. I know, but like he is like it's not true. Like this, you know, he's got a husband at home and he's like playing this up. So yeah, it's he's it, you know, it's it's I just call bullshit. He's just full of shit. Um okay. Any way to make money. Yeah. All right. Now this is a fun share. Uh new luxury boutique uh hotel, the River House at Odette's, uh is teeming with equal dignity pop-up 
nuptials to offer free weddings for same-sex couples in Pennsylvania. Uh, the, the free ceremonies uh, will be March the 21st from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. So y'all rush over there at uh, the hotel's Rhapsody Ballroom and outdoor ceremony spaces, pre-register to get priority. But walk-ups are welcome. Just like over at the vet. Uh-huh. with the free vaccines. Uh, two celebrities uh, will wed the couples or, or, or celebrants, it says. Uh, will I, I thought they were going to ask a minor gay celebrity. I thought I was going to get an invitation. It's not and you and Ann Walker. I'm so me sorry. Me and Ann Walker, uh, LaVonda and Del Shores. They will bring up to eight witnesses for the happy occasion. There will be free bouquets. And the River House will provide champagne. That, now, they have not said what kind. Uh, they also have equal dignity packages for overnight stay, complimentary valet, and a welcome plate of pride treats. And you, you know that complimentary valet is very important. They can they can charge up to like twenty eight dollars uh-huh. uh, overnight. The River House at Odette's has thirty six guest rooms and suites with fine dining, a piano bar, and frequent live entertainment. Uh, just go to uh, River House. Uh, riverhousenewhope.com oh it's down there uh uh, equal dignity uh pop up nuptials.com i love this so much and i know i was making fun a little bit along the way but i just think it's wonderful that they're doing this i think it's just a sweet beautiful gesture i thought it was smart marketing it's like a day of free publicity but also i just couldn't pass it up when they named it the river house at odette's i was like we got to get dale dickey out on the porch out there at the weddings, let let Odette Annette Barnett perform your marriage ceremony at Odette's. Wilder. I, I know, and Zana just asked, is this a commercial? I said, no, I honestly just loved it because I love the name. And also, you know, we have lots of depressing stories lately. And I, I have a crazy one I'm, I've been kicking down the road. But I just thought it was fun and sweet and thought, what a lovely little business, a cute little charming 36-room boutique. They're not paying us nothing. They don't know about this. It just seemed nice rather than talking about 87 more versions of anti-trans laws. So we keep a balance here on the show. Right. I bet you could get booked to do some appearance. And also real smart going for that uh, disposable income from the homosexuals. Uh-huh. 36 guest rooms. That's right. You get your free ceremony and then they get you to pay for the night. I love, I love walk-ups or welcome. Walk-ups, welcome. You just say, well, I'm going to take my chances. I mean, why wouldn't you book it, though? I just don't understand. If you're going to get married, plan a little bit ahead. Don't just uh, you know what? They're having walk-ups for this pop, uh, pop-up weddings over there. New Hope, if you're over in Bethlehem and you wake up in the morning and think, let's run to New Hope and get married. You could. Could do it. I don't know. Is anybody in Pennsylvania? Go. Also, if you're in Pennsylvania, just go. What I like about that genuinely, it would go on my list, and I pay attention to this kind of stuff as a place I would make an effort to book if I were going there. You know, knowing that you did something like this, I'd be like, oh, New Hope. We we thought about going there. Let's go stay at this place because this thing they did. I would feel welcome. Well, I think you would do. I know it. All right. Well, in other fun news. Uh, DC Comics, look at that, is releasing a huge queer anthology this summer to celebrate Pride and introducing in this the first trans superhero, Dreamer. 
she was introduced on the CW Supergirl show with trans actor Nicole Maines. And Maines is actually writing Dreamer's story for this anthology with queer artist Rachel Stott. DC Pride number one will have queer characters from a bunch of DC titles. 80 pages out June 8th includes Batwoman, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn as a couple, Midnighter, the non-binary version of The Flash from Earth 11, which I did some research and found out on Earth 11, heroes are gender flipped from their traditional Earth roles. Also the original Green Lantern, Aqualad, Renee Montoya and Pied Piper. They also announced Crush and Lobo featuring bounty hunter Lobo and his lesbian daughter Crush after she rage quit the Teen Titans and blew up her relationship with girlfriend Katie. Now I realize that's specific, but I had a definite comic book phase in like middle school. And I love that. I didn't. Yeah. I was I was into Archie. I wasn't into any of the superheroes. I liked Archie and Veronica and Betty and Jughead and Reggie. Yes. yes. My dad had a bunch of his Justice League and Superman comics from when he was a kid that he had kept. So when I was in elementary school, I had all these like old, old comics of his to read. And then we started collecting my own. And I every Tuesday when they released new, new comics, I could take my allowance and buy a new comic. It was very exciting. And then I would buy some of the old ones that were cheap for like 50 cents. So I've read a bunch of crappy comic books too. It was, a, it was a fun phase. Honestly, the X-Men were very relatable and I think a lot of queer people end up interested in comics because the otherness of superheroes, the otherness of abilities, you know, of being disconnected from normal human society was certainly a metaphor for a lot of LGBTQ people. I think that's why you see a higher percentage of our community interested in superheroes and comics and graphic novels and video games is because it was relatable for that. You connected to these people that were outcasts, so to speak, from the regular world. But the fact that they were special was like, yeah, we're special too. Well, we, saw, we certainly wrote a lot on queer school, but I had to do research just to keep yeah. up. Oh, look at there, yeah. Michael, queer school. yeah. I remember that first season, I was like, Michael being super into comic books. I was like, of course. And as Anna said, all those fabulous capes. Y'all, we had a blanket. We were three boys growing up and once a week on the weekends, we would get to eat in the living room while we watched a movie. And we had this big blue blanket we had to put down so that if we spilled anything, it didn't stain the carpet. But when it wasn't being used as our food catcher, I would tie it around my neck and run through the house like it was a cake. Well, I'm, I'm, have you ever done a superhero, like a, a, a blend? Because you have such great Halloween costumes. You I haven't. Blake's done a bunch of superheroes as his. As Rob said, it's the tights. I mean, I did always love the comic book butts and bulges. I'm not going to lie. Yes, yes, yes. Um, well, well, all right. We are that's coming. all we have. Um, one more time, if you want to send us a tip, we'd appreciate it, but not obligated. On Venmo, that's at Emerson Collins, or on PayPal, that's Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. Do you have any weekend plans besides teaching those classes? Y'all going to do that? Longer? I'm going to have a dinner on the outdoor if it, if it doesn't rain, a patio here, with, you know, safely at 849, our, our, one of our restaurants with my friend Jim. And um, uh, and I'm gonna get to see our friend Larry Cosan tomorrow for after my class. So, gonna get to see some Palm Springs friends. Yes, careful. It's like courting. 
you know, it's like, oh, you know, let's not touch or whatever, but we can sort of start tiptoeing towards spending time together. It's kind of like olden timey courting. Like we're going to sit on the porch a little away from each other and be demure and appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I I have so many friends in Palm Springs, so I apologize to anybody. It happens all the time. Why didn't you call me? I, I I came down here to finish my my novel that I've been working on, and also, you know what I learned in pandemic: if you have friends that guilt you ever, they're not that good a friend. Okay, all right. I'm serious. That you know what we don't have time for that kind of crap in our lives. You are a grown up. If you want to say the way you be a generous friend is you just express positive interest. I would love to see you when and if you have time. If you have the expectation and guilt associated with that, that person doesn't want to spend time with you anyway. Yeah, that, when they go, yeah, those there, there are those so they go. I cannot believe that you were in town and you didn't call me. I, I had that. I had that happen a lot in Dallas uh, with a couple of people. That is insecurity expressed as arrogance. What they want to say is, "I would like to see you. I miss you, and my feelings are hurt that I don't feel like a priority." But what they said was something tacky instead. Ignore it. Someone once told me that they, they, this is my favorite, where they said, well, I see I'm a lunch friend and not a dinner friend. Uh, and my response was, you're barely a breakfast friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, honey, you're not even a pick up Starbucks to go friend. <laughs> but I love that. Uh, you go, uh, I'm a lunch friend because I... They had said, this is a problem with social media because you yeah. post something and, you know, I had I had dinner with another friend. And I would. And so anyway. like, look, we don't. I'm sorry. Like, yep. Uh, Jim said Graham is on Sunday. Yes, I'll watch yeah. some of the highlights and we'll chat on those on Tuesday. That's my big plan. I forgot to tell you, I'm going over to my. My my dear friend Beverly's and we're watching the Grammys together. We have a friend that's nominated. Brandy Clark is nominated, and we're excited that hoping she will win. Yes. All right. Wait. As Kat said, well, this is a great one. Said not even a Seven Eleven coffee friend. <laughs> if you if you do friendship by guilt trip, uh uh-uh. uh, we don't have time for that. Post pandemic, we're not doing that crap. Yeah. I am, yeah. It, the, the pandemic has made us go. We're down to our last fuck. We just like, no, 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 no. Sorry. And on the other side, if you have to guilt somebody to hang out with you, they don't want to spend time with you the way you want to. And you need to accept that for yourself. OK, Emerson, I'm getting the point. I under, I, I, I will belabor. I will belabor a point. Well, but also I say that for me. I have some people. I'm like, oh, I wish you know, and they never want to. I text and yeah, they're not that into this friendship. I, rather than being irritated with them, I need to accept I will see them when I see them, and that's okay too. Well, I was a little hurt that I wasn't invited on that hike. Well, <laughs> I was not. Well, all right, all right um, you all. Thank you for sharing. You, yeah, I didn't even ask. I'm so selfish. We I said it at the beginning. We're going to try to, when I say hike, I mean a walk with a view. You go I don't on actually want an incline of any kind. Um, we might go on a drive tomorrow as well. We'll see. All right. Okay. And well, we appreciate you all. However, you yes. take care of yourself, be kind to yourself. Uh, and as John said, we will see you next Tuesday.